Dad Bod Rap Pod, episode 75. It's wild. That's, that's crazy. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking episodes. And I could say, for the most part, we still fuck with each other. Yes, I thought, yeah, totally. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought somewhere around 60 plus, there'd be some... <laughs> Start to wear. Yeah, there'd be some, some wear and tear on us, but we're, we're ripping through them. This episode in particular is a special one because if you are of a certain age demographic and it's a pretty wide age band at this point um you recognize ghost face killer to be your lord and savior <laughs> and so um one of the most influential artists um of our time really when you think about when he came along and kind of where rap is right now and so we decided we wanted to do f- first in a series of deep dives into ghosts entire career kind of starting at the beginning um i feel like we're gonna peter out toward the end well, i'm not you, sure we're you gonna said hit you everyone. in the text thread you wanted to do this annually i was like oh right. cool we'll get to like big doe rehab when i on for my like 50th birthday <laughs> totally. your kids can come on and <laughs> yeah, like, totally. yeah yeah i'll be in rehab right <laughs> apollo kids are grown up yeah <laughs> so yeah so we want this to be um you know, we think his his career, especially the earlier years, are, are so expensive. They deserve uh, more than one kind of catch-all podcast. So we are going to start at the beginning of Ghost's solo career uh, and take a real look at Iron Man, the album. And then we also have uh, an interview with Dean Van Nguyen, who just wrote a book um, about Ghost's career. Um, so... If you're listening on release day, it'll be out tomorrow. If you're listening, uh, you know, later at some point, it's out now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Through the bending of time. Congrats uh, to, to Dean. It's his, it's his first book, so cheers to that. Okay. Yeah, dude, that's super okay. cool. Yeah, no, that's... I think it's dope that I live in a time where somebody could release a book about Ghostface. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the first... It seemed like the first 20 years of rap, it was, like, a book about Run DMC. Right, and like, right. Like, that was about it. But I'm surprised there hasn't been more Ghostface books. I mean, he's one of the most wildly entertaining entertainers of the last 20 years. Totally. He did do his book, his, like, advice <laughs> book. That's right. And, like, the accompanying CD where yeah. he just gives, uh, like, recipes for, like, uh, Raymond noodles, as he calls them. Right. Raymond noodles? <laughs> Raymond yeah. noodles. Uh, the World According to Pretty Tony. Have you not no. perused this modern no. work of literature? Oh, you got to check it out. <laughs> when when okay. we lived at 12th Street, um, we, like, Listen to it and read it all as the time. Audi- as an yeah. audio book. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, a great hilarious. audio and Ghost book. Re- Ghost reads it. Yeah. Oh, I need. I <laughs> he need just it. gives life advice. It's a lot of like kind of like bodega recipes and right, like right. you know not letting people take advantage of you. Like sure. it's amazing. It's okay. like the Rosetta Stone of. Uh, no, <laughs> Damn, that's so dope. Um, it's kind of around the same time as RZA came out with Dao of Wu, and we were also mm-hmm. all reading that in the house, and that's like. A little too serious. Yeah, it's okay. too convoluted, okay. dude. Yeah. I don't want to hear about his nu- numerology. Yeah, that the fuck out like here. mathematics chapter is really like har- impenetrable, I would say. But then <laughs> the Ghostface one is just so funny. I think that was the kind of the like ghost as character, right? Like is that when he kind of, of that. yeah right. assume that role? It's like okay. the, the eagle on the arm yes. kind of era. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. But we're 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 taking it back. Let's even take a step further back. When you first saw Ghost. Was it Protect Your Neck? Was that your first time Ghost yes. kind of came into your consciousness? I actually think the first thing I ever saw from Wu was uh, the Cream video. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how it came to San Jose via CMC. Same. Um, yeah, same for me. I so he, I believe his face is covered in that. In the Cream video still? I think he still had the thing. I, I don't know. So maybe too. not. But uh, I, I yeah. definitely know in Protect Your Neck, he... His face was concealed, and I'm not sure. But it's like a super thin, like, uh, right, stocking. Right. It's like a stocking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just some light arm robbery. I've probably cheek. talked about this before, but I don't think that's that good That good of a way to conceal your face. It's I didn't know who he was. Through. Right, but I, th- I, th- I think it's more of a reflective thing, right, for pictures and shit. Is it? Like, it won't, it, you can't, your image can't be captured. Like, like I can see you. But <laughs> but a camera couldn't. Right. Okay. So Dave's arm robbery experience <laughs> right. once again comes in handy on this podcast. But it, there was this initial fascination around uh, the fact that he was wearing a mask, right? Which is now he everybody really? wears a mask. Exactly. No. I'm like, is he the first dude to like really rock a mask? Masked rapper. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't mask. do it for that long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of. 
Okay. Okay. And then it played into his name, right? Right. Right. So there was this kind of synergy around, which is Ooh. also like a classic kung fu movie character, mm. right? Um, but okay. it, it, it certainly tied in with the the wearing of the. But he right. he, he, he took it. He took it. And then there was all that quick. lore of how like how he had to hide his face because right. of some case and all that right. shit, right? Right. 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 Which I heard later was was a little bit fabricated. Yeah, that's but, what I heard as yeah. well. Yeah, but, but it when was, his face it was got fun. revealed, the game got, got real. So <laughs> we all know that. Damn it. Nate beating me to Ghostface jokes. Revelation uh, spoken through rap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, so so yeah, he comes to to prominence. Um, his voice register on Thirty Six Chambers definitely for me kind of stood out. Um, interesting note from Wikipedia on that, because um, quoting Wikipedia is what every good podcast does. Absolutely, <laughs> um, solid source of info. I, before the flood and before Rizzo lost his first studio and the masters for Takao and all that stuff, he had compressors and settings set up for each guy's voice. Oh my God. So that's why his voice sounds different on 36 chambers than mm. it does on this. Isn't really? That interesting? That's interesting. I find that wild. fascinating. That's fascinating. Wild. I thought it was just an age thing. Right. Like well, now it seems to be an age thing. Right. His voice well. has changed a lot in the last like, <laughs> right, 10 years. Right, right, right. Which, which actually, it happens. I think there's something, 100%. There's something about... Um, a certain period of inactivity. Hmm. If you listen to Sadat X today and Sadat X of, right. you know, he'll never be squeaky again, right? right no, 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 right. no. He just there's that that register kind of comes down. I think Biggie well, talked just, ab uh, talked about it in terms of he's like you get rich and famous, you start doing less shows, mm, and mm. you just you're kind of more comfortable. Like mm. even Biggie's first joint, he was like. You know, yeah, yeah, it's much higher up there. Yeah, right. I'm hoping someday I'll go through puberty and my voice will change. <laughs> Reverse puberty, the Benjamin Button. Of, uh, we look forward to that. So, so Ghost was definitely a standout. I mean, it was a nine man crew that was coming at you, but I, I definitely felt persona wise, his voice stand out. I, he hadn't quite perfected his kind of slang techniques, right? right yet right, right, it was right. still in development. Um, and so we go into the post Wu uh, or the post Wu Tang group album mm -hmm. and the and the first kind of wave of solo albums, um, and then of course there's Cuban Links, right? Where where um, which was not the first album, but I'm saying in, in kind of the Ghostology, right? Right. right. He's um, on there a ton, right? Yeah, it's basically yeah. a like co-album, right? It's like a duet. Yeah, exactly. Which, and then Ray's on this one, a, a, a ton, thirteen of seventeen tracks. Yeah, right. right. And has a solo song, right? Yeah. That's that's teamwork right there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Ray didn't have to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, so I think we should just kind of get into it. We're we're talking about Iron Man on this show, and like I think we don't love Iron Man. I, yeah. I don't love it in part. In part, and I was thinking about this on the way over, is because I can't help but juxtapose it with Cuban Links. Interesting. That's because exactly where I was going. No really? one talks about this as this great team up album, but Raekwon is on thirteen of seventeen it, songs. It, exactly. Totally, totally. It kind of pales in comparison. One hundred percent. Yeah. It it re it really does, and it's um, it just goes to show you the delicateness of chemistry and how a great mm -hmm. album comes together, right. like. Um, there were just a couple little things, so we'll we'll say that off top that this is not our favorite Ghost record. But um, to kind of flip that a little bit, there are moments of absolute genius. Of course, I mean his voice is still crazy emotive, and um, uh, uh, he's still very vivid. Obviously, lots of storytelling on this. Let's yeah. say he's like seventy five percent of the way to where he got on Supreme Clientele. That's still better than almost every rapper. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I mean, on you know. Uh, for this one, he's sort of still coloring within the lines. A little you know, bit. Supreme clientele is a paint gun, paintball gun. <laughs> yeah. You know what he's, I mean? He's all out yeah. of yeah. yeah. Totally. You know, it's, it's, totally. It's, so, it's almost night and day when you think about those two records, right? But um, let's let's maybe begin. So we've already qualified this. If, if Iron Man is your shit, and it is for some people. It is for some people, yeah, and right. feel free to argue with us. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did the homework. I listened like five or six times back to back, like really, really tried to dig in. Um, my old roommate John, who I know listens sometimes, what's up, John? Is a huge Iron Man fan, right? And like, right. Oh, is always kind of defending it, and I'm just kind of like, eh. yeah. But John also loves Supreme Clientele. You know yes. what I mean? How could you not? I know. How could you, I know. Um, How could you not? I, I kind of my my take, I guess, in the overall picture is, uh, I feel like on Iron Man, there's these are a lot of what I would call deep woo album cuts. Like mm -hmm. these are there aren't a lot of like stand out you know like if you want to juxtapose it with uh cuban links right there's so many 
standout moments mm-hmm. things and these tracks kind of you know no i hear you i hear you and i mean it, i don't know part of it sounds amateur you know what i mean there's a difference between like amateur and raw you know what i mean and this i, I just and, and rizzo rides that right yeah and you know i was talking to nate earlier uh before this recording and i kind of blame rizzo i mean i know that this <laughs> album was sort of part of the last first generation cycle okay so it went last you know it did it. This was the last one. Cause I 96, believe so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This one went last. And it's, okay. just, it's just like, by by now, it's like, okay, another Kung Fu skit. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But then it he pairs it with like a Cooley High skit. And it's like, what's going on? You're just throwing on dialogue samples? <sighs> well, I, I will say this. It, there And there's a couple of like sample, uh, audio sample motifs on there. The the joints that are taken from the education of Sonny Carson are, so it made me go watch that movie. Right. Like right, right. those are some of the best actual moments on that album or these mm-hmm. little outtakes uh from that movie uh, my position on skits is well noted at this point but uh kind of long way long <laughs> and and like they're not they're, it's not that they're not good and not that they don't tie the fabric of the thing together they're just kind of long it's like you know in my very amateur audio editing technique i'm like we could we could lop that like last six seconds off that and just get to the next song and they're also embedded within the song so you can't skip them easily Mm -hmm. which is just kind of an annoying you know 90s style of of doing things but it's fine uh it's just a little long that's all you know like with wu-tang i mean they have like famous skits i mean does anybody talk about the iron man skits okay what i mean not not the not the skits but i will say this and maybe we can get into some of our our fave tracks um I will say this. The Force MD's intro to Daytona 500 is one of the most classic rap song intros. It's and, awesome. And, it's, yeah. and it, it almost kind of makes no sense, like the pairing. Like we're hearing the Force MD's kind of mm-hmm. doing their thing, uh, which is this goofy, um, slightly karaoke bit you they kinda do. You kind of can't tell if they're taking it seriously, seriously or, or not. not. I was right. like, I, in my notes, I have like, there's a lot of like purposefully question mark bad singing on this record right totally and they're, totally. they're purposefully bad singing is a hallmark of ghostface right, albums right, you know right. i love when he sings we talk about this right. all the time I him and when, slick rick only yeah much. slick rick <laughs> biz it. biz yeah okay. yeah there's okay. a couple of people who get the, who the, get full the license pass, <laughs> but it's not him doing it on these he had like a lot of pull at this time so mm-hmm. it's not only the force mds it's the delphonics no uh, shit. Yeah. Didn't you guys DJ for the Delphonics? We, we actually did DJ for in between acts at a <laughs> Delphonics concert last we week. Yeah. I didn't actually DJ. I just hung out in, on the side. But uh, Dave did. And um, yeah, so just a quick Delphonics anecdote because we just had this experience. Right. They did this thing that was so hilarious and you could only really see from where we were standing kind of like side stage by the turntables. Uh, the main guy, William Hart. Uh, would just go into the crowd and like kiss on all the women, like anyone who <laughs> wanted to. Straight Biden. Yeah, he would. Yeah, so he had, Biden. He had his. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> um, so he had his mic and he was still singing and without missing a note, he was like doing cheek kisses, right, hugs, right, right, like right. some Damn. lip kissing at times. And these are like Damn. mostly like older Dude, Mexican yeah. ladies who were like there, comp- like the oldies component of it. It was I, kind of amazing. I am concerned. Only because my mom was there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, for real, for real. I don't know how close to the front she was. And I would not have, you know, kiss, have her kiss and then tell. But, you know. um, I will follow up with her It was really funny. And I kept wondering what it would look like if you were, like, let's say 10 rows back. And, like, why does the lead singer keep disappearing? Because he had to come down the steps off the stage. Wow. And then he was going and interacting with his fans, like, a lot. It wasn't even during Red Ear Not Here I Come. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It was during. Yeah, it was. That would have made sense. Oh, my goodness. It was super funny. So, anyway, I don't think we're going track by track, so I can jump forward a little bit here. But on the the song that he has with them... um, after smokes, I can't read my own writing. Um, is that after you smoke? Nah. Or is that, what is I that? always can't read my own writing. Um, the Delphonics guy, this guy William Hart, he has the, one of the most famous falsettos in the world. Is like Delphonics and Wu Tang. Oh, that's like, right. Like, oh. I'm like, you didn't sample the Delphonics. You hired the guy to come in and like vocalize and then like put it in the song. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's. There was a lot going on. Let's yes. just say that. So right, we, yes. we've got this the sample bed uh, education of Sonny Carson. 
Um, there's some other mob movie stuff right, um, right. sampled. There's a little, a little bit, bit of, 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 of kung fu sample. Yeah, yeah, so a little bit all over the place. Um, to me, it's the record also starts a little bit slow. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I would go so far as to say the worst songs are at the beginning, Agreed. which is kind of the opposite of how I would like to sequence a record. Right, right. You want to blow heads to first. Sequence a record. Right. You want to kick the door. Open. I actually think the album starts getting good at Daytona 500, which is... Really? You're saying that side, far in. Side C. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting that far in? That's B on the oh, tape, man. bro. Um, it's kind of funny because... Um, and I don't totally know this. Maybe a listener can educate us. Winter Wars is not on the Spotify version. And there are two different versions of Winter Wars with and without Capadonna. Right, and right. it was originally released on the Don't Be a Menace to South Central oh. While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood soundtrack you got the whole wow. title you could have said don't be a menace <laughs> he's flexing you don't 90s be a menace. Flex. i know about hood movies no, i'm just kidding um so anyway there's like some weird there's a lot of trivia and like weirdness around winter wars and i have to say i clicked over to youtube to listen to the full version i had forgotten how good capadonna's verses really it's one of his best verses i was on winter super wars. long and it's almost like the tape runs out it's like at the end of um uh, the symphony mm. when it's just like oh, you guys yeah. have to like stop dude right, we're running out right, of room here right. and Kappa just kind of like goes damn I, w- I gotta re-listen to that because yeah. I was just thinking earlier that Capadonna's on like six or seven tracks here and I he's thought he was totally forgettable credited on the cover well, yeah right right he's, well, he's it's yeah. kind of him as the totally. third guy and there's, he, he there's a ton of you got as well yeah I'm saying yeah. like four or five different you got verses some of his better work but just kind of not saying that much yeah yeah, yeah like, i mean the usual <laughs> ouch i saw i was at the last bookstore in la over the weekend and i saw um an autographed copy of you god's book wow <laughs> going for regular price <laughs> <laughs> but, giving it away but it was it was there um yeah for me the the record starts really slow there's iron man wildflower which has an actual female voice rapping on it, which on right, the first right, wave right. of Wu-Tang albums is one. super rare. I, yeah. I was like, is that the only time? Right. And then classic Wu-Tang, he comes in with the most misogynistic guess, verse yes. of all. Th- like, totally. Well, top two. I, I think Dog Shit by ODB. I dislike this song. <laughs> I think part of the reason I've never really liked this record is because of this song. Really? It's like, really? Does it need to be this mean? Or just off top. Yeah, he didn't even yeah. he didn't build it up. Totally. Yeah, We're yeah. just jumping into like this incredibly like cruel right. verse. Right. And right. I think it's always been kind of a turnoff totally. for me. And then it's like we we're supposed to feel later for feel sorry for him later down the line. Right. When right. John John pees the bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. He has um, to use the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um for me though, the first like when I start getting into the record is uh the joint two sixty. Mm. Um, with with Raekwon, it's still an album cut. Like it is a very deep woo album cut. Um, I like this one though because it it has a feel like it could have been on bulletproof wallets, lightweight. Yeah. Um, and that so for me that's kind of like okay. And then it's Sashination Day, and it start. It, that's for me when I'm like, all right, now I'm kind of I'm I'm in it. Mm. Um, here's my notes. So just like because it's so fun to hear me read my notes. Faster Blade Raekwon solo. Question mark. Yes, it is. 260. Now we're heading in the right direction. <laughs> Assassination Day's boring beat. Agreed. Yeah. Very yeah. straightforward. I like, think a lot of them are kind of boring, dude. I don't know what Rizzo was doing. Was he out like, of the first wave well, I of mean, ideas? Well, I mean, this was, we were saying earlier, this was the last one. So it's like, I don't know, leftover dialogue sample snips and... Yeah, you so know? so you're telling me Ghost got the poo poo platter of beats, like a little bit. Kinda... Well, so no I, platter, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know, so I was uh, lucky enough to interview him uh, back in the day, um, a couple years back, and uh, he he said that Iron Man is not his favorite album, and that he okay. doesn't consider it um, a proper debut. Um, I guess one of his buddies just got locked up, and he just found out that he got diabetes. Oh, okay, right. So he's just like, you know, hella shit's going through my head. He was, and again, it was the last of the the first generation Wu-Tang albums. So he just kind of felt, you know, uh, gypped by the whole thing. Well, I mean, and look, it happens, right? Like, I've fucked off a couple years of work, right? Like, you, (laughs) like, shit, you just, you're you're off. It doesn't completely come together. But as, like, a testament to uh, the genius of Ghost and kind of the endearing sound of Wu-Tang, you have a song like Fish. I, so which, that's my cut. 
Is, is that yours? Yeah. Okay. Is that yours? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is just the way it starts off. Right. Well, well, in terms they of- eat a, fish. Right. <laughs> Toss salads and make rap, rap ballads. <laughs> Done. That was the first time I was like, whoa, rap ballad? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. To, to this day. <laughs> yeah, he told you. He told you what they were doing. <laughs> totally. And, and their totally. dietary restrictions. Yes. So, <laughs> like, the way, the way as a bar, the way he says it, yeah. um, number one is like juggle fodder- for DJs of, of mm, a certain era. Mm. I heard so many. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we fish. Uh, we fish. I like, he, be like, he tossed salad. <laughs> <laughs> he said they eat tossed salads. He didn't you say toss they tossed salad. salads. <laughs> you tossed salad. <laughs> I think Hubert and them would have done that. Totally. So funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that song for me is like, okay, now we're getting into maybe the first genius fucking cut yeah, uh, yeah. Of, of this album. Yeah. For, for me, anyway. It didn't really resonate with me. Really, yeah. no. you don't like fish. I like how they how he charges in on the intro, but nothing about else about the song. Like I didn't even make a note about it. Really, yeah, really, yeah. Not okay. my cut. All right, all right. That I was think my the, cut. the undisputed Nate, not pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, the undisputed best song on this, and it's not even close. Is Daytona 500, right? I well, would say so. Well, and they yes. ch- they chose the single wisely. That's like mm-hmm. that was, yeah. that was it, a good move. Strongest song, as we mentioned, the Force MDs um, singing intro, goofy but somehow brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best flip of Nautilus. I don't know. I there's wouldn't a, go that far. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of good flips uh, of Nautilus, but it, it is it is a good. I like the Lord, Sh- Lord Shafika flip of Nautil- Nautilus. Yeah. Uh, Holy War. Yeah. Is that what it's called? The, I, I no, my a, mic is on fire. Oh, my mic is on yeah. fire. You're right. You're right. You're right. But uh, I know, and maybe it was in your article, Dave. I read in, in some article where Bob James was like, that was pretty raw, what he, what he <laughs> did with it. Because oh, yeah. the previous flips up to that point, if we're talking about 96, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Rakim had used it. A bunch of mm-hmm. folks had used it. Yeah. And it was kind of more straightforward. Right. Like it right. captured more of the original flavor of the song. Right. Um, RZA somehow made this into a buzzsaw of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really dreamy kind of spacey mm-hmm. joint. And he gave it this, you know, in pure RZA genius fashion, gave it a grit and an intensity that I didn't. I remember thinking, oh, shit, that's Nautilus. But that's right. Yeah, yeah that's different. That's a different take on it. Um, I, I will say this since we're we've been talking long shit about this record. Uh, Raekwon's first verse on Daytona 500, I always felt like he underdelivered it. Interesting. Really? Yeah, I felt like uh, maybe this goes back to the compressor thing. Um, Raekwon has a register to his voice right, and an excitement, right. and on the the beat, you know, everything gets going for Daytona 500. And I'm always like, oh, I'm not feeling this verse as much mm. as I should given all the components around it. Mm. You know what I mean? My it's, takeaway it's earlier was that I, I thought Ray came off great. Really? And that I co- sort of dismissed him when it first came out. Really? Um, some of his lyrics and words are just very, like, woven yeah. through, through, yeah. through yeah. this. It's you intricate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely More intricate. than you would think, you know? Right. You guys want to hear so something interesting I just learned? The only song not produced by RZA on this entire album is Fish. Is that uh, right? True Master. True Master, yeah. Uh, okay. True Master. Okay. Right. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Which is, I mean... Killer beat, dope, dope sample. Um, so now you know. Now we're kind of we're getting into a little bit. Um, I'll I'll still make a case for Keme. I think it. I think it's the opposite of Wildflower. It's like <laughs> he tries to like <laughs> counterbalance. Ghost contains multitudes. We he know does. this, yeah, right? He right, does. right. There's he does. a lot of kind of lyrics about hitting women and right, stuff, right. but then there's also like extremely vulnerable, like right, right. You know, right. the right. personal, the, the utmost reverence and the most misogynistic. Yes. You know, same all, breath. All, all in one. Yeah. All in one. Oh, my bad. That the Delphonic song is after the smoke clears. Yeah. I don't know what I was trying mm. to write down there. Okay. Um uh Motherless Child I think is really good too. Like you yeah. you're starting to see this is the kind of a precursor of the beat me with a strap. Like he yeah, yeah, yeah. he's such a good chronicler of like squalor right and like Childhood what it story. felt like to be a child right, a, a, right. to be a child in a poor like kind of mm-hmm, household mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's real you're right it's I mean, like especially now with that the documentary has been out we know right. exactly what kind of circumstances right, he was facing right. and the whole thing about um it's not in um this song but um in uh, all that I got is you when he's saying how he caught his case and they're trying mm-hmm. to kick him out of the public housing. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a huge like social issue. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like this is early to be addressing that, but yeah. So it's, I don't know. He's there's so much to like about it. And uh, again, disclaimer: this is a very good 
rap record. Right, right, like it's, right. It's, it's it's perfectly uh, good. It's 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 a perfectly good rap record. It's it's a a, a lower category woo record. Right, right. And I think it, especially if you're talking about that that first wave. And look, if if this was his best record, Ghostface is not Ghostface. Exactly, right? exactly. Right? Right. Um, we, we get glimpses on here, and, yeah. th- and then it's just kicks kicks the doors wide open. Yeah, so we uh, all that I got is you. I think was the one that um, kind of if you weren't super into rap, mm-hmm. this kind of got on folks' radar. Mary J is a part of right, it. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's one of a handful of songs. I'm not saying it did this to me, but it's one of a handful of rap songs that people will say can make you cry. Like there's just yeah, there's yeah, only a I couple, agree. and this is you know this is definitely one of those. Yeah, it's really well done. You guys know it's a big thing for me is like novelistic detail, and that mm-hmm. this has that totally like, all totally. over it. It's just such a well written song. It's it's really well done. It's the, like I don't know if like it would make me cry, but it's certainly like a well told story. Yeah, the lyrical resonant. storyboards are ridiculous. Totally, you know what I mean. You're just there. Cereal boxes and cockroaches. And, yeah. Right. You know. Right. Totally. Um. So. You know, it, and then we we got the Marvel track at the end. Not my fave. Weird track. Yeah, long. Wait, yeah. so are you guys backing Cam A? Because I I I, 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 I asked for Cam A. I think it's kind of boring. Um, have you ever been in love? <laughs> 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 um, there's something. It's it's interesting. Capadonna and has some of the funniest sex raps. <laughs> Like he I, loves them like he loves his dick size. size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always I mean, and you go, What? That's the funniest thing what? anyone's ever that's said. Hilarious. I just I love think you. That's so funny. Like I love my dick size. <laughs> right. Baby. <laughs> Baby, listen. Yeah. And uh, you know how much I love that. My, my own. Yeah. My own. So uh, I think Capadonna's sex raps are underrated. Um uh weird side note, because we may never get to a Cuban leaks. Um episode although we should we should um ice cream is one of the the best beats at capturing male creepiness <laughs> it's like it's a song about male lust and it has kind of a scary i've always thought about I this love, it has I, this I love ice cream absolutely yeah. who doesn't well that was um, the first uh wu-tang song that addressed women right you know, in, they in, they never had like a, a song before that, right? Like a song for the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but it wasn't for the ladies. It, it was like, more like it was like, it was like this is my lust. I know song. a lot of girls that love that song. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it has Method Man. I mean, Method right, Man. Right. But I, what I'm saying is the sonic nature of it is so like creepy. That's I'm interesting. Like, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is what a guy thinks. This is the music in his <laughs> mind when he's looking at your butt. <laughs> like this is, uh, and then Capadonna's weird sex raps. Right. Um, that makes me love. think of the part in the. Uh, the Motown documentary um, about the Funk Brothers mm. when the guys have, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. So great. He's like describing like how he wrote the bass lines. He's like thinking about <laughs> yes, the boat right, right. moving and he's like, I'll just play that. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And and it just changed Motown for me. Um, <laughs> so so let's look at maybe some of the more ephemeral aspects. The cover is interesting. It almost looks like a Capadonna record. Right. Um, right. He is centered on the cover. Um, so they're kind of communist right. album vibe. <laughs> I gotta appreciate. Right, how Ghost uh, is centered on uh, Cuban links. Links, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, I, it's it harkened back to a time for me when Ghostface was so intimately associated with Wallabies. Yeah, it's right. Like everything yeah, right. was Wallaby about King, Wallabies King, for him. Yeah. He's the Wally yeah. champ. Yeah, he's yeah. The Wally and champ. like. It, <laughs> I'm kind of glad we're past that. Yes, like it's like dude. there's a lot more different kinds of shoes in the world. Like it's it's they brought Wallabies back. Oh, like, you die! <laughs> they had the cream joints, Blue and cream. And, you know, right? It was and they they kind of show those like weird two tone ones and like silver soles. I'm like, are they painting a crepe sole silver? Like <laughs> crepe soles get so dirty, dirty that just I doesn't know. seem like it would work. But whatever, you guys know more about this than I do. It, it it's not a good cover. Yeah, totally. especially and again, this is like not fair because it didn't exist yet at the time. But it's like Supreme clientele's cover is one hundred percent perfect. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. even on this cover, the songs are written sideways. Like it's like thanks. <laughs> I actually went to go grab it out of the stacks and discovered I do not own this album, which surprised me. But then it kind of didn't because I don't really like right. it that much. So it's like I want to have. Ghostface records, but I never, I never actually purchased well, a copy I mean, he, of this. He had so many phases and eras, and you know, I think if there's one to sort of jettison, for me, this would be it. No, you mean one of those <laughs> ones that came out in the last five years? No, I mean I'm talking about his of his era. Of, oh, oh, you're saying of of the of the dope records, right? Okay, yeah, got you. This yeah. is the least dope of the dope records, that, right? Right, that right. Ghostface I mean, if we're if we're talking the dopest, it's Supreme Clientele and Fish Scale, right? 
I'm really a bulletproof wallet. Are dude. you? I I mean, it's not it's not Supreme clientele for me, but I it's love not Supreme I love bulletproof wallets. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know who I like loves the pretty fish Tony scale? Album. I love. Yeah. Author Dean Van Nguyen <laughs> wrote an entire <laughs> chapter about fish scale in his new book. The yeah. Iron Age. The yeah. Iron Age. Yeah. And so we were uh, fortunate enough to to talk with Dean, who hit us from Ireland. Um, he was it was up at three o'clock. Totally, totally, dude. <laughs> shout out to him, man. Yeah. I I feel like uh you know we should send him a gift basket or something. Um, <laughs> send him a copy of Iron Man that we're not <laughs> listening to. <laughs> Annotated with our like bullshit notes. Um, so so we've got this interview. Um, definitely go out and cop the book. Um, if nothing else, we need writers who want to write about this type of shit to be able to eat so they can write more books. 100%. Like I, I'm waiting for the Cuban links book. Um, so here is our interview with author Dean Van Nguyen. Dad Bod Rat Pod, um, we're here with writer, author, Dean Van Wyn. How are you, Dean? How are you, Dean? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for reaching out to me. Well, you know, obviously, we're we're all we all think Ghostface is the greatest um, ever. But what made you embark on uh, writing your first book on him? Yeah, I just because um, as a writing freelance. Um, I you know well, kind of put ideas to try and think of things to write about, and I just found that I was coming up with a bunch of ideas I wanted to write about him, and then there were kind of ideas I wanted to write about that were more general. That I found that he was kind of a key figure in anyway, so it just started to make sense to put it together as something more long form than just a series of articles. Um, so yeah, it kind of kind of blended in well i thought everything that i kind of had in mind was it came out to, to kind of be something a bit more like a book so what's the entry point or what's kind of the thesis of of the book like ghost like what about ghostface or what about hip-hop through using ghostface as the main kind of uh way in like how do, how do you approach it yeah it, it blends kind of some biography, some um, kind of more general analysis, and then there's just kind of personal appreciation. It is a series of essays. They're kind of it, a lot of them are unconnected. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of I think with the most the reason I gravitated towards Ghost is yeah, I mean, he's probably my favorite rapper of all time. I, I think if you connect all the the, the different elements that make a great rap artist um you know he's a fantastic album maker uh he's a brilliant beat picker he's you know a great writer you know he's just a fantastic rapper as well um i think he kind of unites all those sides so this is a little bit about trying to um portray that and it also kind of goes into things like a lot of the different elements that made him the the artist that he is so you know there's a lot of stuff in there about you know new york that he grew up in and, and before that and the movies he watched that, that that came into his his artistry um you know the comic books that he read and, and things like that and just trying to kind of pull those angles and and, and kind of channel them all and and to i suppose chart how this one artist came to be because he's quite enigmatic as well i mean i don't know if you've read or seen too many interviews he's never he's never particularly straightforward in interviews he's always amusing and he's a great conversationalist but he always kind of <laughs> there's i think there's always been that kind of veneer to him sure. um unlike maybe you know rizza method man who are a little bit more um open about about who they are so yeah i just try to kind of encapsulate who he is through through what we do know and um, and what we can read into from the music and, and from what we do know about. Did you make efforts to contact him? And if so, were you successful? 
Not for this. Uh, I did uh, a few years ago for something else, but um, it, it just it didn't work out. But uh, for this, I decided not to. Um, I guess I wanted to to be kind of more pure. So you know, this, there's a certain amount of criticism in there, not that, that much, but I didn't want to sanitize that angle as well. Mm-hmm. And I felt if, if if I kind of approached him, it might jeopardize that a little bit and i wasn't doing a straight biography anyway so um it didn't feel the need there is some biographical stuff in there just for context but uh yeah it was it was more kind of approaching his body of work um then and so yeah i I just felt that if i actually spoke to him and you know if i built a relationship with him it might actually um affect what i actually wanted to achieve (laughs) so so no i didn't speak to him for it Hey, Dean, um, can you share with viewers or listeners what your entry point with Ghost is? Um, what was the first track that you heard, and how did it strike you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I grew up in Dublin, so uh, you know, Wu-Tang were, were big here. You know, they had that reach um, in school. Me and my friends used to listen to bits of Hoodie's uh, Chambers, um, all the way up to I was a teenager when you know Wu Tang Forever and the W and all that were coming out. So those were those were my first uh, entry points. I think when I started to find like he st- stepped out of the pack for me was when I was in college and albums like Fish Scale and Big Dory Head came out. Um, yeah, those those were pretty big college records for me and then I think that with Ghost like it, it, all, all the Wu-Tang Clan got a lot of love and, and great write-ups from from like, the source and, and magazines like that um, but then I think when Ghost kind of hit he hit a real stride in his solo career around the time when you know, online music journalism was, was coming to the forefront of being the most prominent form of music journalism and I was you know, a big reader of music blogs and all that kind of thing so he that was the time he was going through a particularly good spell, so there was a lot to be interested about. So I think that was around the time when, yeah, he, he kind of kind of stepped out and for me was like, okay, this is my favorite clan member. Mm. Now that you've gone through the process of writing, and I imagine that process included a lot of listening, are you going to take a break from listening to Ghostface for a while? Are you kind of, like, burnt? Yeah, I always do. Whenever I write a review, I have to not listen to it for like at least a few weeks because I'm afraid if I listen, I'm going to immediately figure out something that I should have put in. <laughs> so I think, totally. that, yeah, uh, yeah, I think to save myself that, I'll, I'll, I'll put it away for a little while. But um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have things like uh, probably some help events and things like that around the launch of the book. So I'm sure we'll be playing some of the music. So <laughs> hopefully something like that will strike me. Right on. Hey, Dean, for for the beginner who's, you know, interested in Wu-Tang but has never really heard Ghostface individually, um, what are what are some tracks that you would recommend that are your favorite? Uh, um, well, like, he, is the, he did the first verse on the first uh, song on the first Wu-Tang album, so <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like a, that's a, it's a pretty good starting point. Uh, yeah, this, there's... I'm actually, yeah, I thought I figured I must put together like a playlist to help promote mm. the book and everything. It's so daunting because there's just so much, so much stuff out there. Um, you know, any, you know, obviously key texts like Supreme Clientele. Um, mm-hmm. I know individual tracks like I, I can't go to sleep on on Wu Tang Forever is is I think pretty monumental. Um, I mean, when I'm when when I'm playing like when my girlfriend wanted to know some ghost face I, I think the first track of center was the the uh the remix he did with amy winehouse because it was a, mm. kind of a, <laughs> a decent entry point first so right. sure. um yeah i mean there's just yeah it's just, it's an open-ended question so much stuff <laughs> um but uh yeah and then, like i say he, he he's made some like the best albums uh like spree clientele um iron man um they're all just i think pretty the essential text if you're if you're into east coast rap at all yeah dean did you see the recent Wu-Tang documentary yeah they, i mean they did me a what a great favor that was to put that out <laughs> right when i was finishing up the book and i, I kind of 
yeah, I went through it just to just to uh, see if it tracked with everything that I had. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but yeah, what did you think? Uh, we we loved it. Nate and I loved it. Um, loved the old footage, of course. Um, uh, Ghostface reading raps off of a piece of papers is memori- mesmerizing. Um, so uh, you know. Which which era of Ghostface would you say is your favorite solo era, early solo era stuff, the R and B stuff, uh, some of the later uh, concept album stuff? Um, which one would you recommend? Yeah, I feel like his his peak was was really really long as well. I mean, yeah, like if you start off, I suppose if you want to consider the the Clans debut as maybe the start of his uh his peak and i think like um there was a couple of maybe missteps along the way but i think pretty much everything through to about 2009 ish is, is all pretty good so yeah uh, um like even something like pretty tony album i really love that album um totally yeah and, and the, the strange thing about him is he he suffered like a lot of setbacks you know solo in his, in his solo career like things like i mean he i don't know if anybody has had sample issues affect them as as much as as he has you know you think about things like the like supreme clientele they they completely messed up the track listing on the back of the cd and right. things like this you know um so yeah so the, i think he, he kind of just seemed to kind of battle through a lot of a lot of uh issues that seem to conspire to stop him from really hitting major mainstream success. Um, I mean, he definitely rode the, the, the success of the clan on, on his first album that sold a lot, but, you know, since then, he's just, he's just, I think, like, the mark of a great artist is, is when they're effortlessly almost putting out these great, great albums. I mean, something like More Fish, which is, I think, odds and ends of Fish Scale. Like, I, I still listen to that all the time. So, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think his, his run, his favourite era, just, I suppose, Personally, that, that around Fish Scale and Big Doe Rehab, um, that because, let's say, I was the twenty twenty one when Fish Scale came out, and there was big albums for me. And but I wouldn't say anything he's done is better than Supreme Clientele. So sure, yeah. Um, in the book, do you spend much time like kind of delving into Wu Tang mythology? Like, how much is how, how much of it did you feel like you needed to parse? in terms of his place in the clan, or do you just mainly focus on him as a solo artist? Yeah, it's it's mostly an effort to raise him up out of the pack and, and explain why he's different or, or you know, try and tell that's the story from his angle because, um, you know, it's like the things like the, the documentary, slash documentary, they, they have, Story, the Wu Tang story is, is is revered and mythologized um, like so much. So yeah, this was an effort to to I suppose yeah split him from from the others, but inevitably stories are one and the same. So yeah, there's there's a bunch of Wu Tang stuff. I, I try not to rehash too much though. I mean, there's not not too much about um, the the kind of the the, the the story too much, but other than to, to kind of highlight individual him as an individual from within that story um as best i could and that's kind of where some of the biographical elements come into it where uh i kind of go back and and look a little bit into you know just the the days just before the kind of clan came out and um you know some of those sessions and what what ghost in particular was kind of doing at the time and remember at the time he he used to when the clan first came out he used to wear a mask um and I kind of looked at some of the rumors into apparently that was because yeah he was afraid of um, his authorities were going to to figure out it was him. So like a lot of that stuff is, is kind of mythologized as well, and I kind of tried to unpack a bit of it. Sure, it's one of the really interesting aspects of the documentary is that um, you see how intentional the mythologizing was, particularly in Riza's case. He's kind of like the you know the architect of this this story or this, you know, edifice that they've built and uh, how it worked. You know what I mean? It's like he chooses the name Ghostface, then he comes out with his face covered like it's legendary. But yet he's a real guy who has done interviews and who is around and who puts out a good album a year. Like there's a lot of material to parse. So there's a there's a little bit of um, 
who's the real Dennis Coles and who's Ghostface and, you know, just the thing of being Ghostface, Ghostface Killer, GFK, like he's got work billed under different aliases. So I'm really looking forward to reading your your book and like um, kind of seeing your take on some of this stuff. I know that wasn't really a question. <laughs> no, yeah. And I, I think one of the things with documentaries as well is like he's quite, he's not featured in it a lot. Um mm compared to some of the others except for maybe certain sections um like he, he has a lot to say about um once upon a time in Shelley, i yes, think not a silver but, uh, that's, fan. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but that's kind of uh uh power for him as i say like if you if you go back and you read a lot of his interviews and even if you hear about some of the stories some of the writers who kind of went to interview him and he, and he'll, he'll come out in like a purple mink bathrobe or something and, <laughs> and not really say and, and he'll say a lot of words but not really give you too much um too much insight into him so yeah i mean uh, I, I did i trawled through like a lot of interviews a lot of clips and just tried to kind of figure some stuff out about this guy um but yeah i think that's one of the things that makes him so fascinating though he's 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 um he's he's very he's he's kind of naturally ridiculous um but also very yeah I say it's 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 he he has a veneer to him that's completely natural and uh, and uh, not not staged at all. Mm-hmm. Dean, for the uh, process of writing the book, is there anything you discovered? Um, I guess just about yourself as a you know pretty active writer and a music journalist, um, putting together your first book, uh, what were some of the hardships and what were some of the, you know, um, enlightening moments you might have had? Uh, yeah, the, the hard, hard, finding time is the hardship because I, when you're trying to balance writing on, on the beat week to week uh, and then just trying to find time to, to work on another project um, was, that was, that was a bit of a challenge. I was lucky in that he hasn't been the most active over the last, uh, three years or so um, I kept expecting like you know Supreme Clientele 2 was going to come out and completely smash everything that I've done here <laughs> and completely recontextualize his whole career but uh, yeah that that was a challenge um, yeah other than that it was kind of it was it was it was interesting to see how the, how the book kind of formed I mean a lot of stuff came quite, was quite natural and it slotted into certain sections that I wanted to do. Um, and then there's some, some stuff that is there. Like, I, I mean, there's a chapter in it just about um, eight diagrams, just because, again, it was just an idea. I just wanted to, just an album I just wanted to write about, um, which, you know, that kind of stuff kind of came easily. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the challenge really just was finding the time and then finding the structure. Um but uh, I think it came out okay. I think if people need to go with the fact that it is, say, it's a series of kind of critical analysis rather than a, a biography, and uh, hopefully there's something in there people will be interested in. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, how can people get this? When is it coming out? How how should they find it? All that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's out uh, June 28th. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's called uh, R&H, Art of the Ghostface Killer. There's, there's, I think if you Google it, you'll find where you can buy it. Um, all, all usual, yeah, all usual, not, not quite in, you know, what's, what's this phrase? In, in all good bookshops everywhere, yeah, not quite. But if you Google it, you can sold. find it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a Facebook page and, a, and my Twitter and all that stuff that you'll probably come across and you can, you can pick it up. Cool. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, we we'll, we look forward to reading the book, and uh, we'll you know help you push it out on Twitter uh, around the release date, and uh, just yeah, appreciate having you on. Oh no, thank you. I love the podcast, so this is a, a real thrill. So that was our interview with Dean Van Nguyen. We really want to thank him um, for 
being up in the wee hours, no pun intended. Oh, <laughs> oh there was a little pun there. Um, is there a nicer to listen to accent than the oh, Irish yeah. accent? It's so like pleasant. It's very odd. Yeah, I always feel like, um, and this is terrible because we have like one perception of Irish people here. No, totally. But it, I always feel a little bit like I'm being led to a pot of gold. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Dean. I'm a dick. But that's yeah. End of the book. It's a picture of a pot, a, a pot of gold. Big woo symbol on it. Yeah. So, so I, I'm excited about the book. Um, comes out. In real time, real time, uh, tomorrow, which is June something or other, uh, 28th. 28th. Okay, so yeah, by the time uh, you hear this, the book should be out. Um, definitely cop that. And I feel like we trashed Iron Man pretty good. So we'll have to, uh, you know, we want to make this a recurring series. So we will be coming back. We may not wait till next year. We'll see. We don't we'll gotta see. wait till next year. Well, we might could though, because you gotta stretch the content out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we'll definitely be be revisiting kind of the career of Ghost. I'm personally campaigning that we do um, a similar kind of charting the trajectory of Doom. Sure, sure. Uh, Talk at about some points. voices changing and oh, gradually over time, totally, and also know. masks. Totally. So right <laughs> to be an intergenerational uh, rap monster, you must have worn a mask at some point. And if they ever <laughs> if they ever drop that. Um, Album, then you know, then, then we're gonna oh, we're gonna quit. Actually. <laughs> that's, that's gonna be. There's no way it can live up to what I have built it up to be. Oh, right? No way. Yeah. No way. They yeah. would put it out if it was good. Eh. I don't know. They put it on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. Would we start with KMD? Yeah. Like, do you start? Yeah. yeah be, because because I feel like that's almost investigative journalism for yeah. some of these kids. Like right, we really right. need to ground them in who the fuck Zeb Love X was in right. right. that whole kind of transition into so, this mystical character. Yeah. Gotta so, say, talk yeah. about skits. Yeah. The whole album's a skit. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna shade Doom skits? <laughs> I'll walk <laughs> off set. It depends on the one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are some really good ones, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. In in general, I'm totally um, with Nate on that one. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot of skits. I like when the like Mister Hood guy talks and stuff. I think. Oh, you're funny. talking about the KMD era? Yeah, the KMD oh album. That album yeah, in yeah. particular. Oh my god, that in particular, yeah. right? Oh, but Black Bastards, though. I mean, you know, if you're talking about pre, um, pre Prince like, Paul Pro Tools splicing, right? Um, pretty brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Black Bastards is is pretty brilliant. KMD, um, some of that gets laborious. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. can like quote the. Like comic book stuff from Operation Doomsday right now, right. you know what I mean, right, and like right, the wild right. style sample, right. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like fully on board with Doomsday as a full concept, but we'd have to wait till. Would that be the third album? Would God. we do like the EP with MF Grimm? Ooh. See, we're gonna have to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Did the <laughs> records count? All right, we, we we have to at the next uh, Dad Bod Board meeting. We'll confer. Yeah. Um, what are over we that. calling Doom's career? Yeah, how to how to how to quantify? Doom's you could do career. Doomsday and that that EP with MF Grimm. Yeah, at the same. I mean, same with, era, with, right? with with Doom, you almost would have to clump together projects, right? Right. Like do the would... do the two KMD albums as one show, right? And then... right. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you for coming to our planning <laughs> meeting. By the way, uh, <laughs> we are the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, we're going to come back at you with with more fly content like this, more ghosts, more Doom. Um, more of everything. Please check us out on Twitter at DadBodRapPod, on Instagram at DadBodRapPod. We are on Spotify. Do we do a playlist of our four favorite songs off of Iron Man? Sure. <laughs> Best of Iron Man. Best it's of like Iron Man. 11 through 15 minus Black Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll add in Fish in place of Black Jesus. Okay. We'll okay. Best of Iron Man. There it is. So, uh, yeah, but check out definitely on our uh, Spotify. We have some curated playlists for folks. Yeah. Um, you know. um, and if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fucking sick, dude. Yeah, please no, it, do. Please it, it do. really it really matters for some fucking reason. And so, yeah. and yeah. thanks to everyone for all the recent interaction. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just yeah. all just all the nice little cool. tidbits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're totally here for it. Nothing is too nerdy. Um, so please feel free to to hit us up, argue, disagree. I really like to hear from the contingent who really fuck with Iron Man. Right, right. right. Like, help right. me. 
help me understand. Right. Is, again, is again the, it's only being compared against other greatness. Right. You know what I mean? Is it? Uh, is there contrarian rap Twitter that says Iron Man is better than Supreme Clientele? Oh. I'm, a, I'm sure there is. I'm going to make a burner account and get 700 <laughs> new followers off that shit, bruh. It's all you. And I'm going to be like, Cam A. No, man, that's wild. It's you and KD. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's in New York right now? With oh, his, no. uh, I heard his that. His foot. orange foot rolling yeah. around the village. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a little tight. We're a little tight, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> do you guys have anything to plug? And I ask because I have something I want to plug. Okay. Go um, first. Why right. don't you go first? Next week, 4th of July, we're going to have a very special episode of DBRP. Um, I, we jokingly call these episodes Nate PR. Um, like NPR, where I try to do my little scripted radio thing. You guys might have caught uh, the skateboards mm-hmm. special segment mm-hmm. um, many weeks ago now. Um, I'm going to do a feature-length interview with um, John Sklute, who is kind of a underground hip-hop figure record store owner guy and um, now has one of the most interesting music-related jobs I've ever heard of. Um, and on the theme of how to age gracefully in hip hop. Mm, that's great. So mm, that's, that's kind of a, a theme that has been touched on a lot in this. We're, we don't really do seasons, but in this year's batch of episodes, particularly in the J Zone episode, yeah. Prince Mark yeah. E.D. Right, yeah. right. Akinelli. <laughs> um, Growing old. Yeah. <laughs> Owning strip clubs. That's Mayor Akinelli to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what if Akinelli and Scarface won mayorships in their town? Then we move so to the south. Sick. And, and, and so. That's what we do. We live between Houston and Miami. And then we get into politics. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what about you, Dave? Any articles? Um, I'm working on a, a few different things at the moment but the one thing that probably pertains to this audience is i just um got off the phone with billy woods uh, a couple weeks ago oh cool. so i'm working on that because i mean his album obviously it's like becoming a critical darling and he's like the last dude to kind of want to be that <laughs> so it's just great it, uh, it it ended up being very um insightful so that's i can't wait to soon. read that and everyone should read dave's interview with benny on okay player oh, oh thanks, thanks that, yes. that should have gone underground hip-hop viral <laughs> i have no idea why it didn't oh um, my god yeah, yeah. well it'll live forever on the internet so yes yeah. for yeah. sure you, um shit I, I kind of feel like a bum a little well, bit well you got a bunch uh, of things going on that's why well well uh yeah a bunch of things going on but uh nothing terribly interesting for our podcasting listeners um other than to say keep fucking with the show like i mean yes you sir know, you we plug us and and this yeah yeah like <laughs> this little thing that we do oh uh tell people about tracks a millions uh scavenger hunt oh dude that's you so know about cool. that I don't know. I'll about tell Jackson him. Williams, I'll tell him. I'm right. a bad friend. All right. This is this is cool. It's you guys best. should check this out. Follow Tracks a Million on Instagram. He's a friend of the program and yep. Damone's childhood friend. Um, he's from our hometown of San Jose. He's going to random guitar centers usually. Oh, yeah. and making and beats. Making yeah. beats on the equipment and giving them away to whoever finds them. Whoever and, comes and, through. And he calls yeah. it the Slappinger Hunt, which I actually oh thought of. Oh, my God. Right before he posted it, and I was like, I didn't have to send it. He thought of it himself. Nice. Good. So that's one of the wow. most interesting things happening in rap social media right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yes. If definitely. If you're becoming rapper, go check out Guitar Centers. Yes, exactly. He goes to L.A., he's around the Bay, yeah. and he leaves these interesting beats around. It's super cool. Yeah. That is hilarious. So I guess my lightweight, this is an update, but I was in L.A. over the weekend, as was Traximillion. As was every auntie in the universe because it was the BET Awards. Is that I where he was? I, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, this auntie energy is just so strong <laughs> here. I don't... Did they start an Essence Festival? Yeah, LA? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get it, and then, and then I found out about that. So yeah, Trax was down there. You know, the beautiful part about LA is I was there. My friend uh, Chalista was there. Trax a Million was there. We were in conversation the whole time. Never saw each other. Yeah. I, I love there's something great about that. It's kind of funny. Uh, the cliche for people who live in New York and L.A. is that they don't leave their neighborhoods. And yeah. if you want to see them, you have to go, go to them. To them. They're mm-hmm. not fucking mm-hmm. with the traffic. Yeah. Um, and the, it's funny that that's even true when you travel there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm not going to Inglewood. What's up, bro? Yeah. How, right. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was cool to uh, to be soaking up the LA energy. I have a post for Instagram. Hey, um, hey for our Instagram 
I just couldn't figure out how to do it, but I'm going to get some counsel. Is this 2012? Yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, how do I post? Be a good art? dad and ask your kid how to do it. <laughs> no, but then, but then I, but see, when you do that, then the kid wants to like take the remote from you. Right. Then right, you can't do right. anything. Right. right. I'm like, I can record a program. Just let me, let me do my thing. But I've got some cool, um, some little lightweight cool shots I took in LA. So I will, I will send, Dope. I'm just going to send it to you. Nate. You can send it to me. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Some so, of your, more of your um, LA stories. And yeah. Some so stuff. we'll, and on future episodes, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about, uh, about that particular trip. But for now, um, Iron Man kind of mid, uh, but Ghostface is the greatest and listen to dad bod rap pop. Oh,